welcome to the Domestic Fuel Cast, a podcast devoted to news and information about alternative fuels and energy. Produced and hosted by Zimcom New Media. Producing a green fuel from a green pond scum. I'm your host, John Davis. While growing algae for biodiesel isn't anything new, doing it in the nation's breadbasket, where plenty of soybeans for biodiesel are already being grown, is a bit more of a novel concept. Dr. Richard Sayer is the director of the Enterprise Renicar Institute for Renewable Fuels at the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center in St. Louis, Missouri. He says the future for biodiesel production in the Midwest could be in the form of the common single-celled organism that outproduces conventional land crops for biodiesel by two to tenfold. And they can accumulate as oil droplets inside of their cells. Uh, oils that can uh, amount to 50 to 70 percent of the total uh, weight of the cell. So they're very oil-rich organisms. A very attractive feature for growing algae is the fact that you can harvest them potentially every day of the year uh, and not seasonally. And with terrestrial biofuel crop systems, uh, they are typically harvested only once or maybe twice a year in the temperate climates. So this provides fuel on a, a more regular basis. And furthermore, if the system crashes for some reason, if there's a, uh, a disease uh, uh, in the system uh, or uh, some sort of contaminant, generally that can be cleaned up and fixed within a matter of a few days. And so. Uh, This is another advantage relative to terrestrial crop systems. Uh, If you had a crop failure, you'd have to wait another year before you actually had a product uh, produced. But Sarah admits there is a big drawback right now for algae as a biodiesel feedstock, the cost. He says algae oil costs about $4 a gallon to produce, but with some better pond systems and the use of transgenic organisms, that cost could be brought down closer to just $2 a gallon comparable even to petroleum. And another issue, how do you convince farmers in Missouri, and throughout the Midwest for that matter, who have invested so much time and energy into soybean production to make the change to algae? Yeah, that's a very good question because, of course, farmers tend to be rather conservative, and uh, you really have to to prove to them that uh, algae is going to be an economically viable alternative. So I think uh, what has to be demonstrated first is in pilot plants, and particularly pilot plants cited in Missouri, that uh, the production potentials and the, the income generation potentials of algal biofuels is greater than that uh, for soybeans. Sarah adds that while many people tie algae growth to sunny areas such as the desert southwest, the Midwest has probably a greater potential to grow algae. Part of the year. So um, 
there's certainly are advantages to growing algae in the Midwest. There's abundant supply of fresh water. The temperatures are more moderate. The trade-off is there will be less solar radiation, but in various cost estimates, the Midwest looks very attractive as an area for growing algae. The one other constraint, though, to address is the temperature in the winter, of course. And uh, if the ponds are covered uh, with plastic, sort of like a greenhouse, more or less, then um, it's it's actually estimated that the amount of energy that would be required to heat it in the winter is less than the amount of energy that you would need to cool it in the summer. And so uh, the winter is, is not as serious a constraint as you might imagine in the Midwest. And then last of all, um, if you site the ponds near uh, coal-burning power plants as a source of carbon dioxide, you may also be able to take off the heat uh, from the power plant to uh, heat it in the winter. And so there, there are a number of combined technologies that make it very attractive for growing algae in the Midwest. And Sarah says there will be no food versus fuel, or in this case, maybe water versus fuel debate, because algae is not used for food, so there's no question of whether it would impact that supply. In addition, algae, despite being raised in ponds, actually uses less water than conventional crops. Finally, algae oil can be used in conventional biodiesel refineries already in place in the Midwest. The oils are essentially identical, um, and in fact, some of the oils that are coming out of the algae are superior to the oils that are coming out of uh, um, particularly animal fats. So uh, very low cost associated with that, if any. So the only question that seems to remain is how to overcome the current economics and prove to Midwest farmers, especially Missouri farmers, who are notorious for their show-me attitudes, that algae makes sense for biodiesel. The first thing I think is we need to have pilot plants built in various regions of the country to demonstrate the feasibility of producing fuels economically. Um, and once we achieve that, then what's necessary is the investment that's needed to build that infrastructure, which will be expensive, uh, potentially hundreds of billions of dollars. But uh, it's a long-term investment, not a short-term investment. And um, uh, if we can get the price down to $2 a gallon, then it looks as though it'll be economically viable. And those bottom lines are the real bottom lines as to whether algae biodiesel meets its potential to become the fuel of the future. I'm John Davis reporting. You've been listening to the Domestic Fuel Cast, the official podcast of DomesticFuel.com. Check out the website daily for the latest good news about the alternative energy industry.